0: it's getting to be that time of year. It's getting to be uh, cold out, even here in Philadelphia, where, as you know, it's always sunny. And uh, we at the Geiger House, knock on wood, have been nursing along an old old furnace (laughs) that part of part of having an old furnace in your house is that when winter comes up you've always got to take a little time for maintenance so we always have the heating guys come over and uh clean the furnace out It's it's a natural gas burning furnace uh that that uh, heats water and goes through hot water radiators and uh, it burps the radiators and and gets everything ready for winter and Did you say burp I, I burp as in B U R P So what you've got to do is you put some extra water in the radiator then you go to the furthest wa- uh, to the furthest radiator away from the furnace and you Uh, let the pressure out until a little drop of water comes then you've got the perfect amount of water in your radiator system
1: oh oh, I see it's like getting
0: air in your veins you don't want to have any air in your okay yeah 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 and 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 you want to have you know that perfect pressure and everything because throughout the year I'll let you lose a little bit of water through different ways so uh, you know they they burped the radiator and it, I, it, is it is it just me? I'm always really really antsy when there's people doing work in my house. I I I am not a handy oh, person. God, Brad, <laughs> I'm not handy. I'm not useful. I I can barely drive a nail, uh, but I feel like I should be doing something.
1: I find myself saying stupid things like, "Can I can I get you a bowl of?" water or, or what can I, what can a bowl I bring of water, you?
0: Like he's a husky. Can I get you
1: a bowl of water. Because I'm, I'm like the mo- I suddenly become the most socially awkward person like can I can I bring you a screwdriver like it's a handyman he's got a screwdriver Dave what are you doing? Can, yeah. I, can I can I sit awkwardly in the room just adjacent to this one with my hands on my lap? Well
0: that's just it you don't know whether to be in the same room or an adjacent room because you don't want to be too far in case he, he actually does need something or if she has to say oh geez I you know could you turn on the the electricity or turn off the electricity or help I'm being shocked or whatever you want to be around but you don't want to hover and if you are around you feel like you got to say something and I don't know what to say you know? I also I find myself doing things
1: like well it's time to check up on him I, uh, but I don't want to look like I'm checking up on him so well uh,
0: here I am bringing in this piece of paper into the room as I always do every 2.43 p.m. every afternoon you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want to say, hey, do you, do you need anything? But you don't want to say, do you need anything in the way that's that means are you done yet? And I'm yes. trying to rush yeah. you. Because you don't want to rush the person out either. One way or the other. I even get like I even get nervous. And and this is my Midwest. If the neighbor across the street is raking the or or sweeping, we don't rake, we've got we don't have any grass, it's just sidewalks. But if they're if they're sweeping their front stoop, I feel like I've got to be out there sweeping my front stoop stoop because otherwise (laughs) I'm the neighbor that's you know you know falling behind so I feel like I like and and God help us if the neighbor's having roof work done I feel like I've got to be melting tar on the roof it's it's a really bizarre headspace to be in
1: i i wonder if it's a form of of egotism that like they start using their lingo of like well yeah that's the that's going to be your your valve is off and i'm oh yeah, yeah yeah the valve sure i i, I yeah. suspected it was the valve i do i find myself doing the same thing with my doctor i'm like dave yeah. you don't have to pretend like you know hard shit when he starts talking about the heart <laughs> like oh yeah yeah that's well sure it's a blood, it's a blood pressure issue is it yeah. okay well yeah yeah all right yeah like dave you don't have to know this you don't have to pretend that you know yeah.
0: this you could be naive Ironically, I went to my heart doctor. Turns out my valve was off.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, I'm going to turn on the valve and say hello, everybody. Welcome to Comic Lab, the show
0: about making comics. And making a living from comics. I'm Brad Geiger, the editor of webcomics.com and the creator of Evil Inc. And I'm his pal Dave Kellett, cartoonist of Drive and Sheldon and co-director of the documentary Stripped. And this week's hour of comics advice is made possible by your support at patreon.com slash comic lab. So, Dave, Dave, let's talk comics. Let's talk comics, my friend. I'm excited
1: to fire up these mics and talk with you today. I feel like we haven't spoken in a while, so this will be a fun show. I know. I know. And just a reminder when you join us on Patreon, you're also going to get over 300 episodes of bonus things that we've recorded called Pro Tips which go out exclusively to our patron pals. And those include things like writer's room where you see Brad and I try to break down and rebuild up a joke uh, and, or, or construct a comic strip from nothing. Uh, And the pro tips, which every week bring you actionable advice that you can use in your own cartooning. And in addition to that, you're going to get access to the discord server, which is pros pro ams, amateurs all sharing their best uh, practices, best tips and best advice for one another.
0: Absolutely. As a matter of fact, I was just checking out discord before we fired up the mics today and there's a great conversation going on right now. There's actually two conversations. One person is getting a Kickstarter ready for February and they're, they're feeling a little bit antsy. They're not feeling like, like they've got everything under control and they're pitching ideas and people are giving this person really, really good feedback on the Kickstarter that they were planning. And another person is coming in and saying, am I wasting my time? on Twitter, I feel like I'm shouting into the void and a fan, which by the way, a very common feeling and a very intelligent, thoughtful, uh, uh, actionable conversation is built up around where we stand at social media right now. Yeah. I saw that this morning. Yeah. And it's just, I I can't tell you how proud I am of that discord server. It, It really is. When you get a bunch of people who are talking about this topic at a certain level, Right. They're they're just not flybys. They're just not, you know, as people that that popped into a Facebook group that you that don't know what they're talking about. All these folks are are operating at a certain level and you can have a much more intelligent conversation that way and get a lot more better advice.
1: Absolutely. So patreon.com slash comic lab and we will see you there on the server. So Fred, let's talk about uh I'm preparing to prepare for the changeover into 2024. And I want to tell you uh, as a topic this week that this time of year gets me oddly excited because Mm -hmm. I love the idea of of taking stock, as we're going to do probably on a future episode here, taking stock of how the year went and then planning for the future. But I also love... The idea, you know how some people declare email bankruptcy where like I got a thousand unresponded emails that I, I just have to declare bankruptcy and say, yeah. if I haven't gotten back to you, I can't, I can't, I can't have that guilt on me. I'm, I'm deleting my inbox. You can start yeah. over again. And, uh. I have to say the the changeover in years, I like to do a little something called organizational bankruptcy Ooh. where I kind of start fresh. I love the idea of everything is a blank sheet like it's a brand yeah. new wall calendar. It's a brand mm-hmm. new magnet board in my office. For those of you that know that I use this magnet board and all my plans are fresh. All my planning is fresh. And I even try to take stock of what systems I use are working. And what ideas behind those systems can be refined, can be changed, can be tossed out completely? Am I the only one that uh, has that idea of organizational
0: bankruptcy at the end of the year? It's the first time I've ever put it into those words. But I do admit when it comes around to January, you're getting on top of it much quicker than I do. Usually well, you know this why? I ordered around... my calendar.
1: That literally was oh, the whole did way. You? Yeah,
0: yeah. I got to make fun of myself here. I always preach on this show about not getting fetishy about this stuff. Like people are, people always say, what kind of pen do you use when you're writing in your sketchbook? And I'm always like, don't get fetishy about this stuff. It's a pen. It makes a mark on a piece of paper, you know, Uh, because I, 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 especially like if you're doing final art, okay. I get that you use a particular pen, but we're not talking about that. We're talking about like brainstorming. People have asked what kind of pen you use when you're brainstorming and I, 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 I reject that kind of because uh, if I don't have that pen does that mean I can't be creative I don't want to walk myself into that area right, where I right, can only right. be creative if I have a, a, a pilot G207 uh, for that nice thick line but having said that <laughs> this year I got a planner as I do every year. And every year the damn thing sits there blank until the year is up and I throw it away. This year my planner has been used all through the year and it's for the dumbest reason you could ever imagine. It's hardcover and I take it more seriously because it's hardcover. Now how stupid is that? It's got, you know how your books have the little a ribbons that help you keep the place in the yes, book. Yes. Yes. It's got two of those. It's got, it's, it's, it's a very good planner in that it had not only the calendar days, but it's got every week, it's got two days with like uh like rules, like college rules like you did on 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 uh paper that you'd sure. use at school. Sure. It's got two of those for you to keep notes in for the week. It's got a really dumb thing at the beginning of the month. What did I learn this month? Which I always skip because I learned very little but uh, some people might use that and I, I got all the way to November. I'm looking through it. It's got marks on almost every page. And I realized that I took it more seriously because it was hardcover and I am so ashamed to admit it, but it's absolutely true. Well, no, I, I, don't be ashamed of it because
1: part of why I want to talk about this today is, is that we are creative people and sometimes to have the um, the commitment day in, day out, week in, week out to cartoon requires setting up creative systems, not just yeah. plain old boring systems, but like creative ways. And so I love the idea of a fresh start every year because we can say, hey, what what worked this year that I did in terms of the systems behind the systems? Yeah. What do I need to what do I need to put my creative weight onto to see if I can come up with a better way to force myself to do, or not force myself necessarily, but to remind myself, to to nudge myself, to do all the things that need doing. And if if having a hardcover book did the job for you, great. Yeah. Uh and and for me, it was about five or six years ago when I figured out that magnet board system where If I don't get a job done that day, the magnet moves to the next day. And then I can also use dry erase because it's a dry erase magnet board. So one off jobs like, you know, doctor's appointment 930 on Thursday or, you know, Mm -hmm. get Kickstarter launched. I'm not going to create a magnet for that, but I will handwrite it in. That system has worked wonderfully for me. And for you, I know you got a desktop. I'm going to say it's about 12 inches by nine inches Yep. Uh, a dry erase board that sort of has your daily tasks written on it kind of in a yep. bullet journal type format these systems are great like you have to experiment every year with trying to get a little bit better <laughs> i do worry <laughs> about the fact that i'm going to get really good at it when i'm 85 and then like wham yeah. drop yeah.
0: dead I'm like, well i got my systems <laughs> in place <laughs> I fi- yeah that'll be on your tombstone yeah. i finally got organized <laughs> Yeah, I I actually you know whiteboards I actually have kind of fallen in love with those and I don't know whether it's been the fact that I've been teaching and I use them a lot I've actually got two table board white uh, whiteboards tabletop whiteboards that I they're they're different types uh, one of them actually is built to go uh, right behind your uh, keyboard and one of them is built to be a little stand up. And I use them for different things. One of them has like my monthly uh, uh, items that I do down, not only monthly Patreon items, but monthly bills that I, I can check them off as I'm paying them. So I don't lose track. And then the other one is, is what I'm posting on Patreon as I'm posting it so I can make sure that I'm keeping up the volume that I expect for myself. And I got to tell you between a, a, a hardcover <laughs> calendar and two whiteboards, I've gotten better at this. And I'll tell you what else I've done just in terms of uh, a, a organization that I've gotten much better at writing stuff down in the moment and not trusting that i'm going to just remember it oh I just, god no I've gotten, i know uh, a little bit obsessive about writing stuff down uh, because like i got i got these great ideas i had a great idea that i that i realized that i had back in june i didn't write it down and of course i forgot about it until it popped around again i immediately wrote it down because uh I'm for, I, I'm forgetting all kinds of stuff because there's so much to keep track of, right? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've gotten better about writing stuff down too. Well, and I, I so <laughs>
1: little side note here on whiteboard technology, I love whiteboards. I love, I love my yeah. magnet whiteboard, I love writing on it. I a little bit feel like every whiteboard pen that I've ever bought, and I've bought a lot of different brands trying them yeah. out. Yeah. They all kind of feel like, OK, remember when you were a kid? This is going to be a bit of a walk in terms of a conversation. <laughs> remember when you were a kid and you had a, a Dixon Ticonderoga number two pencil? It was great. The eraser erased great. The the yeah. lead was perfect inside. Mm. I know it's not lead, it's carbon, but you know what I mean? The lead yeah. was yeah, 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 wrote yeah. great. The, the eraser worked great. The pencil felt great. But then every once in a while, you would get one of these like promotional... Uh, pencils from your dentist and the eraser didn't do anything other than smudge in a really unsatisfying way and the the lead felt waxy for lack of a better phrase it like didn't really write in a satisfying way yeah that's kind of where i feel whiteboard pen technology is it always feels like a promotional dentist pencil where like nothing (laughs) quite writes as well as like has no one figured out whiteboard pen technology yet that it's that it
0: works It's amazing. It's so good. And it's so bad at the same time. I mean, it's, it's, it's so bad that it's very smudgy. You gotta be very careful not to smudge it because it's not very, you know, it's not permanent obviously, but it's also amazing in that if, if you ever uh, accidentally use a Sharpie on a whiteboard, a permanent marker, do you know, if you take your, uh, your dry erase marker and color over it, it'll erase the Sharpie.
1: Yes. It's
0: bonkers. It's, I mean, it's it's amazing that something can be so high, uh, so 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 great, so evolved, so amazing, and also just just it's it's, it's the things that you want to do right without smudging. It still can't do. <laughs> also, I've now gotten to the
1: point of whiteboard technology where I'm buying the spray to spray on my eraser. I've got
0: two cans of that. Yes, that one for at home and one for school. Uh,
1: yeah, I, I mean, I know I now I've I now have seventeen accessories for my whiteboard, but it, yes. yeah. Uh, This is where we are. Anyway, so I I basically wanted to say, though, that in these weeks leading up to November and December, it's fun to I don't know, I like the human desire for renewal at the new year. Yeah. And I know we're going to have a show where we review what we set out to do in 2023. That's always fun. And we're going to talk about uh, the week after we'll talk about
0: our 2024 goals, right? Yeah. Fun and, for and, you. It's, it's fun for you. You've done the things you set out to do. It's, it's, it's always a mea culpa for me. No, I, didn't, Brad, I, I didn't do these things again. Brad, your Kickstarter went
1: great. Don't beat oh, yourself up. <laughs> oh, 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 oh.
0: I came so close to getting it off the ground. Uh, can I just, tell? I'll tell on myself again, I came this close. Two things, two things actually uh, thwarted my Kickstarter this year. One of the, because I was, I'm still really nervous about uh, 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 about the after effects of COVID and getting things shipped and everything. I'm still nervous, and I was getting ready anyway, and I was gonna do a, a good Kickstarter, and I was towards the end of the year, and I've been talking about this on the show for a while. I wanted to do a calendar, and I made the biggest fucking mistake. I asked my readers what they thought. I was like, I should have never done that because the question is, should I do safe for work or not safe for work calendar? Right? right. And it split right down the middle. Half of them wanted safe for work. Half of them wanted not safe for work. By the way, the answer is, the answer is safe for work because you can sell it in more places. That's the answer. I didn't need anyone to tell me that. That's the answer safe for work. It's the smarter play, right? Right. One person very, by the way, it's not this person's fault. In case you're listening, one person had a brilliant idea. Why not both? It's a safer work calendar on one side and a not safer work on the other. And I actually, (laughs) I actually figured out how to do it. I figured out how to do it. I I made a little mock-up on on a piece on, on paper, stapled them together. Holy shit, this is possible. And, uh, I, I, I put that into my, uh, uh, quote request from the printer that I was using and, uh, needless to say, it came back $25 a unit because I was putting way more printing on this freaking thing <laughs> yeah. and it was big. Cause I wanted my art to be big and I want a calendar to be big. What's the use otherwise. And, and so that slowed me down and then this is going to sound like a humble brag, but it's true. Then I got nominated for awards this summer and I ended up going to the NCS and I ended up going to the Ringo's and I was uh, uh, distracted by them and, 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 and promoting different things involved with that. We did the live show at the NCS and a bunch of time that I should right there in the heart of summer when I should have been finalizing that Kickstarter, I was doing all this crazy stuff. Sure, sure. You know what though?
1: But I can, here's the thing is that, and and this is important for people to to hear that are earlier in their career though. Brad had a a misstep in terms of planning or, and I've had missteps this past year in terms of planning, but you notice that we're both smiling and laughing about it because- Oh yeah. You have to be kind to yourself. This is this is a marathon, not a sprint. And so if Brad missed his Kickstarter deadline by six months, 12 months, it's not the end of the world. Laugh about it. Pick up the pieces and do it again next year. And it is okay,
0: You know, my thought is uh, (laughs) there was one year I didn't take my Christmas decorations down until like February. And I don't know why I just it was one of those things that there was always either the weather was shitty on the time that I had to do it or I didn't want to do it uh, on the on the other other times and it was February and somebody said, you still got your Christmas, you're you're late taking your Christmas uh, decorations down. I said, no, I'm not an early for next year. And that's how I look at this Kickstarter. I'm not late for this Kickstarter. I'm just early getting it out there for the first part of next year. I've got yeah. everything lined up. I'm taking that calendar right out because I don't need that uh, uh, that aggravation anymore. I'm gonna focus on the books. Uh, and and by the way, so many, we should talk about that too. So many Kickstarters go up the rails because I'm gonna do this and then this, and I'm gonna do that and then this add-on and this special offer and then And 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 sometimes I think you, you're better off just focusing on what is the thing. and. Yeah. That I made that mistake. Well, okay, so I'm late for this year, but I'm going to be early for next year. Yeah.
1: And so putting a button on it, what you've done, Brad, is you declared organizational bankruptcy on last year's Kickstarter and shifted it over to next year's Kickstarter. Yeah. And there'll be new and different strategies for how you tackle it. And if life gets in the way, that's okay. Declare organizational bankruptcy again and and try it again in 2025. We we won't let that happen. But uh, (laughs) I, I do find the idea of organizational bankruptcy helpful for me in the sense that I'm allowing myself to be kind for any times that life got in the way because there's always yeah. illness or family stuff or work stuff or, in Brad's case, being lauded by two of the biggest comics awards <laughs> in America.
0: As, I know, as he, I as know he quietly how dumb mentioned, that mentioned, I don't
1: know if he mentioned that to anybody. <laughs> Brad, Brad got one award which,
0: nominations. One of which I won. but, but <laughs> 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 I, oh. I know how dumb that is, but they, it was it no, was super, it's not I, dumb. I traveled. You I took traveled time to, to live. God forbid. The, you took time to live that's why we're doing what we do you know that's true that's true that's very true
1: so anyway i i think uh i think as we as we come up on the shows where we're going to talk about 2023 and 2024 i'm getting excited because i like the idea of perfecting not only our comics abilities and our skills within the craft but also trying to perfect these systems behind our day-to-day work. And organizational bankruptcy is one thing that I have come to love. Anyway, Brad, let us jump us into the next question from Tyler Mann over at patreon.com slash comic lab. And this says, hey guys, my last Kickstarter, I got overwhelmed with too many commission rewards. Oh, Brad, sound familiar to the point you were just making? <laughs> yes,
0: yes, to it the does. Point that,
1: to the point that I am considering not offering them this time around. What tips or suggestions do you have about offering additional rewards or add-ons for Kickstarters? So, Brad, uh, I, I know this is actually kind of ironic, given that we literally yeah. were just talking about this, but too much stuff offered so that a
0: Kickstarter becomes overwhelming or doesn't get done yep. or gets confuzzled. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yep, I think, I think I, this is just an outgrowth of what we've been talking about. Keep it simple, stupid, right? what's the what's the kickstarter for boom focus on that what do you have in the warehouse or uh, in the storage area that you can throw into an add-on done and then let that kickstarter stand on its own you take a look around at a lot of kickstarters that are going on and, and just pay attention to some of these just scroll through And take a look at a lot of these Kickstarters that are going for real big numbers, right? Real impressive numbers. Take a look at all of those stretch goals that they put in and add-ons and so on and so forth. And think to yourself, what is that doing to the overall health of that Kickstarter? Are are those costs adding up? Are those going to be able to be incorporated into your Kickstarter? And remember, the whole point of a Kickstarter is to cover your costs. Right, right. Uh, it, it, and that means all of your costs. Somebody wrote a, 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 a an email not too long ago and said, "Well, should I incorporate the cost of of doing the video? Yes, yes, that's a cost that goes into the <laughs> yeah. Kickstarter. Oh, yeah. Should I incorporate the cost of of you know uh, of mailing or 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 the time that it takes? I." put a little bit of money in there to pay me for the time that I know I'm going to spend on doing the Kickstarter. I also put a little buffer in knowing that my, sometimes my math is bad and I'm going to need a little extra. The, the the biggest, the biggest problem you can have is to let that imposter syndrome get in your head and make you bring that goal down, right? That it, 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 So that it doesn't cover all of your costs because you think, well, at least I'll hit my goal. Right. right? Well, no, it's not about that. And it's not about getting a big number with a whole bunch of stretch goals and stuff. The idea, the, the people, people have lost track of this. The idea of a Kickstarter is pre-orders for a book or, or a piece of merchandise. The whole idea is to generate enough funds that you can do a print run some of which go to your Kickstarter backers mm-hmm. as, as a pre-order and a whole bunch of which, in fact, a larger number, best case scenario, you have now that you put in a storage that you can sell at a retail level or a retail markup, if not actual retail, throughout the year. It's the whole idea of funding a book run. It's not about just getting the books to those Kickstarter backers. It's about getting those books and a whole bunch more you can sell throughout the year. And also, by the way, use that as an add on or, or, you know, something that you can offer as reward packages for the next Kickstarter. Yes. You've got them ready yes. to go. Yep. Right. And yep. you can have the knock on effect then and that, that and you can do that through backer kit or Kickstarter itself a uh, lot of different ways, but that's what a Kickstarter is. It isn't, I mean, the commissions is great because it helps you bump up that number. But fact of the matter is, if your book, again, Kickstarter being free market research, if this book on its own, without commissions, without add-ons and doodads and stretch goals and all this other bu- bullshit, if your book <coughs> isn't strong enough, to reach that goal that allows you to print out those books to have enough left over to sell throughout the year, then then it's good that you know that now and you can go on to the next thing.
1: Yeah, I that's such a good answer that I don't even really want to add on to it. But I will say that in general, every decision that you make, uh, not even let's not even isolate it down to Kickstarters. Like a career has to be about balance and about achievability. I've said this before on the podcast, but A career in comics, not just the ability to make comics, but a career in comics is the art of the possible. Mm -hmm. And yes, you could draw every page like Mobius. And guess what? You'd get 40 pages done by the end of the year. That's it. You wouldn't have have much of anything. (laughs) Uh, So... A lot of cartoonists find a, a balance in what their output is and versus the the let's just say it quality. So we, we kind of say, like, I'm not drawing my best, but I'm drawing at my 92 percent level. And that's good enough to communicate the story in a super pleasing way that I'm happy with the readers were happy with and the pages out. And so, like. Or look at it this way in terms of what we're biting off. Is it more than we can chew? Because Mm -hmm. Brad has ideas that he has not actualized. I have comics ideas that I have not actualized. I find in my life on an average week, I can do Sheldon. I can do drive. I can record comic lab. I can take care of my family and I can maybe work out. And and those five things, <laughs> that's kind of all I can do. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, yes. do I have more ideas? You bet your Bippy I have more ideas. I have like three more comics ideas that I, in terms of titles that I would love to do. I know that Brad has more ideas that he would love to do, more projects that mm-hmm. he would love to do, but it's it's really the art of the possible. And so it's this is okay that this has happened to you because it's a learning lesson, but basically you over from what was possible for these commissions, because probably your eyes got big in terms of the dollar signs. And that's OK, because yeah. you're like, this is a moment to actualize. I want to I want to turn these readers into dollars. And I get it. I I really do get that. But you also have to ask yourself, OK, if a commission takes me, I'm just going to pick a number four hours and I've promised to do 40 of these things I've got to yeah. do. I've got to devote 140 hours uh, f- that's a full month of just doing commissions. Well, when am I going to do that? Am I going to divvy that up over the course of the year? Like you have to literally get out of calendar, do the math. If I'm yeah. going to do these commissions, how long is the average one going to take? How many can I do in a week and not diminish from my overall workload? So it's about balance and it's about achievability yeah. and it's about the art of the possible. And I think that relates to our overall advice that
0: we've said again and again. Yeah. And, and, and just to just to tie it up, because I can I can anticipate the next question. And that is, how am I supposed to walk the potential backer and Kickstarter up the ladder if I don't have all of this stuff? And the answer is, if you don't have stuff in your storage area ready to go to to build out rewards and stuff like that, you're limited to artist editions and commissions and stuff like that. Then you have to add those judiciously right and and put a limit on them based on what dave just got done saying and uh scale back that kickstarter and Mm -hmm. keep it small and and if you do this one right you'll have enough books left over for the next kickstarter then you'll be able to use those books from kickstarter one to build in rewards for kickstarter two right? right but if you don't have that then you don't have it you can use some of these other things judiciously and limit them but You can't offer something you don't have. It doesn't mean that you start printing up stickers and throwing them in. It doesn't mean you start printing up patches and buttons and pins and all this other stuff because you feel you need them, uh, because those are all costs, right? And you're, you're shooting yourself in the foot. So the idea is to do your first Kickstarter well enough, smart enough, so that it leads into the second one and the third one and so on and so forth if and and that means starting small and building up from there and i
1: will say one by the way i super agree with brad i will offer one last bit of advice and this is capitalism 101 if you find that you have too many commission requests too many people that are waving dollars at you saying i'd love commissions Mm -hmm. instead of selling 40 commissions for 40 dollars You need to realize that the demand is there and when demand rises, so do prices. So reduce the number that you produce down to eight commissions at 200 bucks a pop. You Mm -hmm. will make the same amount of money as 40 commissions at 40 bucks a pop. Right. And you'll say, oh, but some of those people won't get commissions. Yeah, that's unfortunately that's capitalism. Exactly. Your your, your most ardent fans will be the ones paying $200 for a commission from you. Your hand Mm -hmm. will not be broken and you'll make the same amount of money. That's also the art of the possible. You say to the other 32 people, I'm so sorry. This is the price of my commissions. The demand has gone up and I don't have enough time to do a bunch of them, you know? And uh, it's, it's simple capitalism, but it works. Hey, if you're listening while you work, take a minute to
0: stand and stretch. And while you're doing that, we're going to tell you why you should join us on Patreon. When you do, you're going to get hours and hours of podcasts that we've recorded just for backers. And exclusive Patreon posts that go even deeper on Comic Lab topics.
1: And access to our exclusive Discord server, which is a thriving community of professional cartoonists.
0: So you can support the show you love and get tons of actionable resources for your own cartooning. And listen, if you can't swing a pledge this month, we get it. No worries. Yeah, yeah, listen. You can still support the show by rating us wherever you get your podcasts. Just leave a five-star review and a few
1: kind words.
0: That, along with mentions on social media, is incredibly helpful.
1: Now, everybody, let's talk comics.
0: Dave, I got an update on Mastodon. Are you ready for this? Oh, is it it? Is it it suddenly? Is it? Mastodon... No, listen. Mastodon ain't... Quite as bad as I originally thought it was. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for you this? You know what?
1: I appreciate a person who can change their mind with new yep. data. So that's good I to gotta, know.
0: Yep, I got. I got to admit. So speaking, we were singing the praises of the Discord server of Comic Lab earlier today, and this started in the and the Comic Lab Discord server. Chris Halback, who we both respect immensely uh, for what he's been doing. Uh, It comes in the comic lab, very politely says, listen, I know Brad really hates it, but, you know, it's not impossible to build an audience on Mastodon. And he pointed to a couple folks who were racking up very uh, impressive number, clearly getting good engagement. And so as anyone with who's, you know, uh, uh, who's thoughtful and curious, I um, I started looking at that and saying, OK, what are they doing? That's different than, than what. I, in fact, one of the folks uh, that was racking up good numbers is our friends from War and Peace, uh, Jonathan and Elizabeth. We're doing great numbers on Mastodon. And um, so I started taking a look at it. Maybe what what, what am I missing? Is it a content thing? Is it a quality thing? Is it a quantity thing? Mm -hmm. What's going on? And all of a sudden, something stuck out to me. And it was this. All the folks that that were racking up good numbers that I could see were on one Macedon server in particular. Now, taking a little pause, Macedon's not like every other social media platform that you're used to in that it's not just one thing. It's a whole bunch of different servers that are federated into one umbrella. They can all talk to each other, but the server that you choose, I think, and this is just a couple weeks in, but the server that you choose can have a big effect on your experience now i was an early adopter for mastodon and i was i got in right away because i wanted to test it out mainly for the show so we'd have something to talk about and at that time i i, I the, the, my choices were very limited and i uh, got kind of shunted over to socal.net dot net. And it was just like like a
1: server run by a guy named Gunter in
0: Southern Berlin. He's like, yeah, Brad, welcome to the server. I'm kind of thinking it kind of was. It was it was advertised as being for artists and animators. It seemed like a good fit. And at that point, my understanding was it wasn't going to make that big of a difference. And. On a, on a macro level, it doesn't, but it it kind of still does. Like it, it can affect who's seeing your stuff sure, and, and sure. whether you're getting that uh, enough engagement that it gets outside of your own server. And so I was on Sokol.net and I noticed everybody who's doing really well, Howlback, Warren Pease, uh, some of these other folks were on Mastodon.social. So as a way to test out the theory, you can switch servers. And I said, well, I'm going to take Chris at his word. I'm going to switch servers and I'm going to start posting like I post on all the others. Now, blue sky, uh, threads, uh, Twitter, et cetera, Instagram and so forth. I've got them all set up. Bing, bing, bing. And I got to tell you within the first couple of weeks, I was getting markedly better engagement than I was getting on uh, that first Mastodon instance. Now part of it, Chris, Chris, Chris kind of called the shot a little bit because Chris got, has a huge audience. So the first time he no sooner sees me posting and he starts boosting my post and show, basically showing it to his audience, okay. and they immediately start following and engaging and everything. So I got a shot in the arm there. But even after he stopped doing that, my engagement was much better than it had been. And I was telling you, I was somewhat server dependent then. That's what I'm now. Listen, again, I'm only like two weeks into this experiment, so I'm not ready to say anything other than this. I've I've upgraded Mastodon from being a complete waste of time to right now. I'm putting it on the same level as Blue Sky and Threads. Now, that's not a compliment. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because I'm not seeing great stuff out of blue sky and threads either. but uh, i've', I've I have I've had to elevate it in my esteem because I am now getting engagement. and that's happened ever since I switched to Mastodon social. So if you like me were we were, were having this same problem you may want to consider switching, I got a feeling what's gonna happen is if if what I'm saying is 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 accurate then everybody's going to go to Mastodon.social and it's going to, it's not going to be federated anymore. Yeah. 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 Everybody's got to go to that central place to get engagement. But, uh, in the meantime, uh, I just have to say, I, I, I can't say Mastodon ain't it anymore. I'm elevating it to the same uh, level as blue sky and threads, which is to say it's still not, burning the bridge or still not. I guess burning the bridge is the wrong idiom. Still Still not lighting any fires, I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not lighting any fires, not setting the world on fire. There you go. But it isn't dead on arrival like originally I was seeing.
1: Did Gunter email you to say he was sorry when you moved off
0: his server? Gunter was the one that was emailing me saying that he needed more money to run the server. That was one of the reasons I was so down on Mastodon is because I kept getting these messages saying that we all need to chip in to make this server work or else he wasn't going to be able to keep doing it. And I'm like, hey, if that's Mastodon and and I and I, by the way, I, I still feel that way. If that's Mastodon, then. Then it's going to have a real problem because, uh, you know, as well as I do, people are not by and large going to donate in large enough numbers to make that happen. And if you're going to do if you're going to do that, you might as well again uh, spend a couple money, uh, spend money on the platforms that are established uh, like like uh, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Right. You know, if you're going to spend money, you might as well spend it on the ones that have the established uh, uh, platform, which I'm still not sold on doing anyway. Yeah. So yeah, 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 yeah. Gunter, Gunter was a big reason that I got the hell out of there because I kept getting these. Uh, you need, you need to donate to, <laughs> for my server costs brad i'm so sorry the server's getting so expensive
1: it's really <laughs> it's quite cost prohibitive here oh um, my God. so uh i well that's interesting because yeah. i have a lot of thoughts about that but i don't want to bore people about it but anyway interesting to know that mastodon can be worked into your system i'm wondering if i should launch yet another social media thing <sighs> because in 2024 i'm going to be having two kickstarters one for sheldon and one for drive And this will be my first round of Kickstarters in a very broken and splintered and rebuilding social media environment. And I will just be honest with all of you that I don't know how it's going to go. I don't know how I'm going to reach some of these uh, fan bases and whether or not they will be limited by whatever algorithms, you know, uh, screen or don't screen out Kickstarter links. Um, I mean, I know uh, uh, Twitter had things that were built into the code when they started releasing that publicly and. And so we'll see whether Threads and Blue Sky and Mastodon and all the other ones, but maybe <laughs> I'll join. I, I uh, join Mastodon.social and we'll see you'll see me on there, Brad, and try yeah. it out.
0: Uh, well, if, right. if you do join, that's the one to join. I will say that I can I can confidently say that.
1: Well, that, I mean, that's basically giving a little bit of lie to the idea of a federated system in the sense that, uh, yes, the federated system welcomes all the ideas in, but maybe by practice and in, in actual logistics. The messages
0: a little bit get filtered to the bottom of the tank if they're not on the main server. So, and 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 i and I, having said that, again, I don't want to go too far down that road because I I, I haven't been I, I I I've just started taking it seriously again, and and I still might be, you know, that old story about the the bl- the blind people or they're blindfolded and they're each at a different point uh, of the elephant and they're describing what they think it is. Yeah, a snake right? or a
1: trunk of a tree or yeah, yeah exactly. exactly.
0: I'm I'm blindfolded looking at one side of an elephant. Exactly. Right? Exactly. And it's pro- no knowing me is probably the wrong side. So I uh, so I I'm I'm reserving my uh my analysis. All I'm saying right now is that I I can't keep uh uh trashing on it. It's not as bad as I thought it was, but there's still a lot of time to decide whether it's actually good. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I I will say this, I noticed my my Twitter in, in other news is continuing to fall in users and i find myself with a tiny bit of schadenfreude about it not for Mm. my own unfortunate losing those readers but i'm just happy that the whole platform's falling apart uh because i think the sooner it falls apart
0: the sooner a new buyer will come in and start it over again um and and speaking of gunter it seems like every time i open up twitter they're trying to push that freaking subscription service again they're desperate for cash they're
1: desperate for you can feel it that they're desperate for cash yeah
0: and it's like, why would anybody? try? I mean, it, it, speaking again, as the guy that said, "I'd consider two dollars a month." Uh, when it comes down to that, I and actually, I actually looked at it, and I had my finger on the button, and it came down to, "Do you want Elon Musk to have your credit card information?" I, it, as, as as weird as that is. I literally looked at that and I said, I don't I don't I don't trust this organization with my credit card. I I use my credit card on a lot of different sites, <laughs> but not Twitter. I that's the one site I can't think of another site that I trust as little as Twitter.
1: It's it's unfortunate because it's also it's keeping me from buying a electric car because really the the 800 oh, pound yeah. gorilla in that market is Tesla. But I just don't want to give the dude my money. So anyway. Um, all right, so that's a, that's a separate matter entirely. But I want to say, though, that Brad described it really well in terms of trying to describe an elephant in terms of what the social media landscape is. The truth is, all of us have very individual and very weird, because the whole platforms are individual and weird right now. Nothing yeah. is set in stone. They're all changing week by week. Their fortunes are rising or falling. And so all you mm-hmm. can do, when I think Brad's right about this is play the odds and keep posting to four or five different server or uh, platforms and seeing which one takes off in time. And hoping that in 2024, Dave's two Kickstarters can find traction with one of those platforms and get some backers over there. Anyway. All right. Well, let us jump into the next topic, Brad. And this comes in from Cameron Davis over at Patreon.com slash Comic Lab. Cameron writes... We're starting to publish a long-form science fiction humor comic. Oh, ho, ho,
0: ho. I'm oh, nice. listening. I'm Long very form intrigued. science
1: fiction humor. Okay. Long-form everything I like. All right. We're starting to publish a long-form science fiction humor <laughs> comic soon and have a question about posting updates. My plan yeah. was to post two or three pages of the story at a time each week so there's a satisfying amount of content with each update. However, should the pages be posted separately to the site so the comic size is uniform or should all the pages be stuck together in one update? So, Brad, this is a science fiction long form comic strip, but you've been doing a long form comic for ages and ages, so can very easily talk about this. Should they post Monday, Wednesday, Friday, three individual pages during the week or should they do one huge one on Wednesday that's three pages tall? on the website and, you know, formatted to a thousand individual panels for right. mobile.
0: Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Aha. Aha. You just stumbled into it. You just stumbled into it because here's the deal. <laughs> and speaking about websites uh, and, and, and our, our need to think outside of the box. Cameron assumes that he's got to post this thing for the desktop version of his site as a full page because that's the way webcomics have been since the dawn of time or since 2000 whichever comes first right right he assumes that since that's the webcomics desktop version of the site that he grew up with that he's got to do that the the problem is he doesn't have to do that he doesn't have to do the desktop version of his site in a full page format he can choose to set up the, the the desktop version of his website exactly the same as the mobile version of his website. Right. And do it all in a vertical scroll. In other words, the desktop version of his website could look just like Webtoons. Right. He can mimic that delivery formula that works very well uh, and it's going to work just as well on, on desktop as it is for mobile. So my answer to Cameron is one of your options is if this is actually the case that sometimes you're presenting one page, sometimes you're presenting three pages worth of stuff the way that you get around that is to uh, present both versions desktop and mobile of your website in a vertical scroll. But there's probably other ways of looking at it.
1: Well, I, I no, I don't disagree with you. I think that's true. Webtoons has shown us that a a super long vertical scroll is actually very satisfying for a lot of people, and that's a great way yeah. to do it. And I don't disagree with that. In fact, if you go to drivecomic.com right now uh, and take your browser window on a desktop and mm-hmm. shrink it so that it is thinner, you'll see the normal Drive Comic page reformat to individual panels um and uh so you can see how i kind of do both as brad just described and i but to brad's point i could do it where you never see the page until it gets to print you'll only see the vertical scrolls that's a totally valid option yeah i do want to talk about one thing that i i i just want to speak to in terms of your question which is you said you want to post three pages because that is a satisfying update and you said there's a satisfying amount of content with each update which makes it sound like you're posting all three pages at once Mm -hmm. that's fine but i want to remind you that a great way to write for long form is each page is a satisfying ending on some way shape or form It is either a moment of action. It's a punchline. It's an insight into a character. It's a it's a moment of pivoting where the character finds a new revelation. Uh, It's a moment of 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 excitement for the reader such that when they're in book format, the pages turn themselves. They want to know what's going on next. Right? Yeah. So i just want to i just want to speak to the fact that you said writing three pages so that it's a satisfying update where that sounds like hey the meal wasn't very good but there was a lot of it so they felt yeah, satisfied yeah. you know what i mean yeah uh you can be very satisfied with one page as brad has shown you can be very satisfied with half page right. um and i think brad's marriage speak, speaks to that too you can have you can <laughs> you, you can, can find you a can lot take, of fat, take,
0: satisfaction with with take, take it from my wife take. you can get a lot of satisfaction from very little <laughs>
1: You landed that joke
0: so much better than
1: I did. Ah, darn it! I stepped all over myself trying to get to that joke. See, this is why I don't work blue because when I do, I I mess it up. I I don't. uh. I
0: know. Yeah, you seized right up. I can see it. I can see it. It's like oh god. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So anyway, Cameron, I just want to I want to speak to the fact that no argument. Three pages. That's amazing. That's great. Your readers are gonna love it, but. I hope you're writing each page with sort of a satisfying finish, a punch, a push on each ending so that the pages turn
0: themselves when they're reading. Am I wrong to think that Brad or noticing that in his question? If uh, we often give the advice that you, you post each, you don't think about the page, you think about the update and uh, each update has to be significant, right? We've said that in the past. Uh, And I could see two pages. I could see a two page uh, uh, chunk. Sure. Once we get to three and four, then I, it's possible. It's doable. I i could, I could see a world in which that happens. It starts to make me wonder if your writing doesn't need to be improved. Three is getting, I, I think about it. If nothing exciting is happening for two pages in a row. That's true. Until yes. you get to the end of the third page, there'd better be some really, it, well, no, I did. There can't be anything significant happening because it's not significant enough for you to end the page, the the update on it, it, so uh, even though it's possible, I leave it open that it's possible. I'm being very open-minded today. I'm on mastodon on <laughs> on on, on uh, well, okay, on mastodon that, uh, but oh, yeah, but still, I'm I'm leaving it open that this could be the case. But I'm start. I, I I think if you're starting to post three and four pages at a time for an update, you're telling yourself I'm not doing a good job of staying interesting. My writing needs to be improved. Uh, I, I need, I need to make something sharper happen here. And, and I really encourage you, uh, maybe to, maybe to, to get some test readers, but you're in yep. a situation right now where you haven't launched this yet. I'd get some test readers. Again, I'm going to go back to the uh, critique channel and Discord. Put your stuff up there. Uh, it, not in I made this, where it's all about head pats. You're right. Hey, I made this. Well, everybody's supposed to come in and say, hey, great job. You made this, which, which is great. Yeah, we need that too. Put it in the critique channel and tell people to be vicious. Give you the absolute truth. Before you, time to know what is now, before you launch it, Put it in that critique channel and ask for real solid response. How is this story reading? Uh, you might find out that your hunch is true and that reading needs to be sharp, or I'm sorry, the writing needs to be sharpened up.
1: Yeah, I think Brad's very right there. I mean. Listen, I've been proven wrong. In fact, there are whole titles of Fantagraphic books that say you can do nothing for three pages and then finally have something exciting happen and make a career out of it. So I I won't say that it's not possible, but I will say it's not very... fun for a reader to have to earn it after three pages of a character looking out a window and then finally on the third page something happens. So uh, I'm with Brad on that is that you might want to look at
0: the way you're writing, the pace that you're writing in terms of something happening. And And it's one thing for a Fantagraphics book that's marketed to be a book that's sold as a book. It's another thing to be something that's yes. supposed to build a readership on the web. Yeah. Those are two completely different things. That's
1: a really good point. And I yeah. I,
0: I know my joke was a
1: little snide, but yes, that's really no. good because with a book, you're willing to forgive and in fact, enjoy very different paces than you would online. Yes.
0: Yes, you're reading it in longer chunks.
1: Yeah, yeah. You're probably sitting on your couch on a Sunday morning and you have some coffee and you're very willing to do 20 pages to enjoy a mood of a scene. Yeah, and and that's yeah. very different than what would be allowable online. So, yeah, yeah you're trying to build an audience online. Uh, I think that's right. I, I also want to say that uh, I, I as my final note, I just want to say that you are starting this process and I might want to say to you that starting with three pages a week, um is not a given you could start with two pages a week with one page a week because if you find that two pages one page is very doable then sure jump up to three pages you're going to feel a little bit deflated and a little bit defeated if you get to the end of year one and you're like i don't know if we can keep this three page a week schedule like you might want to start with a little bit more of the art of the possible if you remember that from earlier in the show and say i'm going to start with one page a week two page a week see how we do see how our pace is over not just this week or this month but this six months this 12 months this 18 months see how we do like in a day-to-day life where one of us is going to have a cold one of us is going to have a family emergency one of us is going to have a water leak in the house that we have to deal with right that kind of stuff comes up but your comics schedule your comics output has to be an achievable and maintainable
0: art of the possible so i just might want to warn you towards starting with one or two pages Think about how often that happens throughout life, right? You, you can only do what you can do. That's why this show is only an hour long, is that we can't do any more than that, because we know if we did, you guys would get tired of our voices, and you'd turn us off anyway. So when it gets to be about this part of the show, that's when I pull out this little piece of paper and say that you've been listening to Comic Lab, the show about making comics and making a living from comics.
1: Your hosts have been my friend Brad, enemy of Gunter, but editor of webcomics.com <laughs> and the creator of Evil huh? link at
0: EvilComic.com. And my close personal friend, Dave Kellett, the co-director of the comics documentary Stripped and the cartoonist of Sheldon at SheldonComics.com and DriveComic at dra- DriveComic.com. <laughs> boy, oh boy.
1: Oh boy, landed that plane. Oh. The comic Lab oh. theme song is used with permission from Andy Creighton at TheWorldRecord.net and this episode was edited by the ever-wonderful Matt Woodard of Woodsong Productions over at
0: www.woodsong.media. If you love Comic Lab, and we know that you do, take a couple seconds and rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get a chance to put those five stars together. If that happens and you leave us a kind word or two, you may hear your review featured on a future episode like I'm about to do right now. This comes in from Apple Podcasts and it says, feet first, eggs in a basket, draw. As a cartoonist myself, I have learned to seek the love of others have for cartooning and comics that goes beyond the norm. The people that have dived in feet first to the dark chasm, not knowing what lies at the bottom. The people that put all their eggs in one basket and then jammed in some more despite the cracks. These are my people. Brad and Dave are those people. Thanks for a fun and insightful podcast, Brad and Dave. Hey, that's fantastic to hear i like the
1: formatting of that write-up too by yeah. the way oh, that was really creative some great writing hell yes oh, yeah that was great and i will say comic lab is made possible by your support on patreon.com comic lab so i will go ahead and say that twice patreon.com slash just a few euros and we can keep the server running for another <laughs> month so if you have just a couple euros in your pocket
0: that would be so helpful <laughs> You just wait, Jonathan and Elizabeth are gonna, gonna gonna get even with us one of these days for doing that. They're gonna they're gonna say, come on over to Germany, Brad and Dave, and then they're gonna get us there and then bop us in the head with a bratwurst or something. What if people what if people treated us the way we treated plumbers? Like could you imagine is you're sitting there writing at your desk and somebody comes in and hovers and, and starts telling you uh, asking you questions about why you're using the pen you're using or whether you shouldn't try to use a different T square or, or have you thought about how you're doing that word balloon could you imagine if we treated people the way we treat plumbers <laughs> I'm I'm sitting there cartooning and a, a nervous guy comes in and goes hi i brought you a bowl of water <laughs> <laughs> The damnedest thing is most cartoonists I know (laughs) would (laughs) drink (laughs) it.